0: Quotient I'm your host Kim Seltzer a dating and makeover expert where I will help you build confidence make connections and find love from the outside in do you ever wish you felt more empowered and had more confidence I mean Confidence. I love that word. It's such a big word, right? I mean, don't you love when people just say to you, oh, just be more confident. Everything will be fine. You'll attract what you want. I mean, if you knew how to do that, obviously you would. I think of confidence a little bit differently and spin it to be more palatable actually, because here's the thing. You look up the word in the dictionary and it's defined as the quality of being certain about your abilities, or of having trust in people, plans, or the future. But what I pay attention to is really the part of the definition of being certain of yourself, because here's the thing, I define confidence as experience. I don't believe that there is a single person out there that is not confident. It's just that when you feel uncertain of your ability in an aspect of your life, it's because you lack experience. So take your job for instance, right? Like when you first learned your trade, you didn't feel very confident, right? Like you got a little uneasy and secure, you were learning the trade, why? Because you lacked experience until you got some experience and you got better. And now you can probably do it with your eyes closed. Well, same thing applies to your love life. If you don't feel secure or confident in dating, it's probably because it's been a while or maybe you had a negative association or experience with it. So how do you get more confident? Experience. And on top of it, it needs to be positive experiences that keeps you going until you find what fits and what feels good. So I always, of course, use my situation and my story for this, and you all know my story by now. But here's the thing like when I, before I got divorced, and up until that point, I honestly considered myself a pretty confident person overall. And then when the whole thing happened and the shit hit the fan, so to speak, I suddenly felt like this really non-confident person. It was completely beat out of me. And I remember feeling so out of sorts, like I lost my way and like I really thought that I lost who I was and that confidence that I had before. I had to find my powers and believe in myself to... Really feel that assurance and certainty in this part of my life So, you know the story right it took my red dress moment right walking out into the world learning to be seen and heard and Going on a lot of dates and having some relationships along the way until I became more confident so this big word is interesting. And really, if if I think about it, it's the core of what I help people with. Because honestly, if it's never really about the guy, it's never really about the girl, you, it's all about you. It's you. People love people who love themselves. That's, that's why I teach people how to be their own matchmakers, by helping people fall in love with themselves so they attract love. I'll never forget when I worked at the matchmaking company for all those years. Here's the thing, and I'm, I'm being brutally honest here. The only people that would really be successful were the ones who I worked with on the side, who I coached with on the side as I was matching them. Because it wasn't about the poster children I had in my magic matchmaking kingdom. Guess what? They were those same people walking around outside the castle, but the people's focus were find me a man or find me a woman. It was like, to me, almost taking their power away. They felt they were putting all their power on me to find their person. It was relying on others with what they could have done on their own. And they had to discover their own magic wand and empower themselves. There was this woman, I she walked into the matchmaking company, I'll never forget this. And she really lost her confidence to date because she was a widow and she, you know, lost her husband, I think it was it had been five years at that point. And she hired me to find her something. She was really lonely and the thought of her going out and flirting was just exhausting and scary and going online and putting herself out there was horrific. And when I took a look at her, I couldn't believe it because she was so beautiful and I thought she kind of had it all. I mean, you know, she lived in a very nice place. She had a lot of friends. She had a nice career, but when she looked in the mirror she saw a sad, weak woman who felt old and didn't think that she would even find love again. So I told her that a lot of men, I had a lot of men for her. That wasn't the issue. That wasn't the problem. The real problem was that she didn't see her beauty, she didn't see her confidence, and she didn't see her power. So it, it didn't matter. I could have thrown a zillion guys in front of her and match her at that point, but she needed to see that right? So, of course, what do we do? <laughs> we go shopping. Uh, we take some photos. She couldn't get over even just looking at herself in those photos. Put her online and bam, she started dating up a storm and her confidence soared. And yes, she got into a relationship. But guess what? It wasn't a guy that I matched her with. She did it all on her own. So, what are we really talking about here? We're talking about empowerment to feel confident and gain control of your life. You all have the power, but sometimes it's tough to know where to start and how to even get there. So to help me talk about this today, I am bringing on my very good friend on the show today to empower you all. She is the founder of the and CEO of Rise Up For You a company dedicated to empower and educate women across the globe. She is a motivational speaker, educator, entrepreneur, and an advocate for youth and women's empowerment. In fact, her amazing big conference is coming up, Empowered Women Rise Conference November 3rd here in Southern California. Super excited and honored to be one of the speakers amongst others. We're going to talk about that later on today. But she has toured all over the world, not just empowering people, but she is a singer on top of it. Maybe I'm going to have her sing with us today. (laughs) And she has a master's degree in educational leadership and has coached and mentored close to 50,000 women and young adults worldwide on self-empowerment and leadership. Oh, her mission is to change the world. I love this. One woman at a time. Welcome, Natalina. Hi. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for having me. Kim, thank you so much for having me
1: here. It's such an honor to talk with you. And yes, we've been friends for a while now, so it's a pleasure to be here.
0: Well, I remember when we first met. It's so <laughs> weird to think about because years ago, when you were kind of first starting out Rise Up For You, yep. I was kind of starting too, and you had me on your fabulous podcasts and we were like sisters, <laughs> we oh, just yes. <laughs> instantly connected. And of course it had such similar, like, I think message and energy and all of that mm-hmm. stuff. So mm-hmm. for me, it's so special having you on. Thanks for Thank like, you. coming on. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, well, cause I love this topic and in light of, you know, what's going on in the world today, I think it's such an important one, uh, you know, because in these times, it's really easy to kind of feel, you know, not confident, disempowered, all of that. So, I would love to hear actually your journey with it all because I know you've gone through stuff as we all have. Yeah. <laughs> like, what does like empowerment mean to you? How did you get to do this? And, you know, like what can you really like talk about it in terms of your life? okay great um so i'll start at the beginning if that's okay you know how i really stepped
1: into this field so i started off as a performer and i had the honor and the pleasure of touring around the world with this incredible organization called the young americans and um, i used to sing and i used to dance on a number of stages in russia gibraltar spain all over the world and empower others through the tool of music and i noticed that while i was doing that that You know, although I was a great singer, you know, like I I can say with certainty and confidence that I was a great singer. I was not the best singer on the tour. There was always one Mm. or two women that really could sing me out of the water, Kim. I mean, their technique (laughs) and their their tone quality was incredible. Um, But yet I was always the one that stood center stage. I was always the one that really held the show as a female vocalist. And many times they would come up to me and they would say, how do I do that? How do I get what you have? How do I stand center stage? And my answer was always the same. It's, you know, everything you need is already inside of you. You just have to believe it. And Mm. the difference between myself and them, you know, wasn't that I, again, was a better singer, but it was because I showed up. At a thousand percent, and I believed that I deserved to stand center stage. So I walked into the room that way. You know, I put myself out there that way. You know, anytime I sang and I opened my mouth, I committed a thousand percent because I believed that I was good enough to get that solo and to stand center stage. I did that for about eight, nine years. And after I got tired of living out of a luggage, right? Um, Because it could be tiresome, you know, every three days moving to a different city, I came back to California. And I actually became an executive for an education corporation. So my Mm -hmm. heart really lies in education and empowering others. So I got a a master's in educational leadership, and I started running a corporation right next to the CEO with a staff of almost 200 employees. And I noticed that the same thing was happening with the women that I was working with. And we're not talking, you know, see, I think I thought that when I was a performer that it was only in the performing world because Mm -hmm. it's very competitive. Anybody that um, is a performer or has performed could be very competitive, especially, you know, as a dancer and a singer, you're constantly auditioning. But I saw the same thing happening in the professional world, in the corporate world. Women that were 35, 45, 55, you know, had a master's degree. Some of them had a PhD. They were still getting in their own way. They were getting in the way of their success. And they didn't have the confidence to speak up. They were afraid to take risk. They were afraid to really put their best foot forward. And in return, they weren't living their best life. And you know, you can see that some of them were really unhappy just coming to work every day because they were unhappy with themselves, which is really unfortunate. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, this was very, very shocking to me. In fact, one of the, you know, when I got ready to resign, which I'll tell you, you know, why I resigned in a second, I wanted a female to take my job because she was really, really qualified, Kim. And she had, she had something really special that I knew could lead the team Mm-hmm. And she actually denied the job because she didn't think that she was ready, right? So there's that perfectionist mindset that um, sometimes we as women have that get in the way. She denied the job, and then a man came and he took the job, right? He was he was the next qualified person. So that job was let go by somebody that was completely qualified, but just didn't believe that they had what it what it took. Um, and so, you know, after that, you know, I had I. I Honestly, Kim, and we could talk about this a little bit later. My confidence mm-hmm. was always um, pretty well. You know, I always mm-hmm. had a lot of confidence. And so these things were really weird to me, you know, and I, and I was mentoring women and, and coaching them for free at the time, just because it was something that felt right in my heart to help empower them to be their best self um, And, you know, I was very successful, you know, when I was 27, amazing six figures house on the lake, brand new luxury car. And the only thing that I was missing, Kim, and you know, this was the love. And finally, Mm -hmm. this man came into my life and he asked me to marry him. And not only did he ask me to marry him, but he asked me to move out of the country for him. And the confidence in me said, yes, because I make the career, the career doesn't make me, you know? So Mm. I took a risk for love and sold my house, sold my car, got rid of everything. I only had three luggage and I moved out of the country with three luggage. And within two weeks, Kim, two weeks, my ex-husband decided that he no longer wanted to be married and it just fell from there. So Mm. within two weeks I was back on a plane I had no car because I sold it, no job because I resigned, no house because I got rid of it. All of my belongings were gone except for three luggage, and I only brought two back with me, and I was completely shattered and confused and embarrassed, and I had all those thoughts as a professional woman, like, how could this happen to me? I'm an educated woman with a master's degree, and I <laughs> thought the it- same <laughs> thing, <Yeah. laughs> right? How me. is it possible, yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> right? All of the shame that we have. And all my money was gone. And I was literally in two weeks, went from living the life to $100 and three luggage. And if it wasn't for my family and my mom living in California, then I don't know where I would be, honestly. Um, and that was the real moment and, and the journey for me that finally put the cherry on top for doing this work. Because like mm-hmm. I said, I was already doing it before in my own way. And then when I could finally relate to it, Right? Because before I was coming from a place of, oh my gosh, you know, you have what it takes. The potential is in you, but I didn't really have the empathy behind it. Like I didn't, because I couldn't feel it.
0: Good distinction. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
1: exactly. Exactly. And so now that I had gone through that and I, you know, I felt really embarrassed. And of course, I had shame as a woman. uh, The empathy is where it really, really, it really started to come out. And I realized, oh my gosh. I get it. I get it now. I get why people get in their own way. I get why people have the beliefs that they have, you know. It's not that we're born with them, Kim. It's that somewhere along the line, something, someone, a situation, you know, we go through something that that hurts us or lifts us up and it makes an imprint on us. And that really affects how we live our life today.
0: Oh, wow. There's so much there. I don't even know where to begin with you. So (laughs) thank you for sharing that. And so related to the story, obviously, you know, you and I have talked about this quite a bit and I know a lot of listeners have, like you said, you know, those moments where you hit rock bottom and how do you lift yourself up again? I mean, I think that's the question. You said something really interesting in the beginning and I want to kind of then loop it back to like the ending, but really it's your beginning of the story. Is that, you said there wasn't a time that you went on stage where you didn't believe and that, that you knew that you deserved it. But mm-hmm. what's interesting about the stage is that it's a stage. <laughs> you know, like it's a role, right? Like you, there's, a, there's a, a certain script, you know, with the songs that you were singing, there's a persona that you knew how to play out on stage. Mm-hmm off stage, did you feel that you were that confident person as well as on stage? And do you believe that in that theory of like act as if until you become like, you know, is there merit to that? Yeah. Well, you have to, you have to understand that
1: before you step on stage, there's the off stage, right? So getting the role, there's the even being seen in a room, you know, when you walk inside of a room and you're with 150 people that are auditioning, So it's completely parallel, you know, know, how you show up on stage, how you show up in the corporate world, how you show up at your job, okay, is a reflection of how you show up at home, you know, in Mm -hmm. my opinion. And for me, it was absolutely aligned. So when I did, when I did walk into the room, before I even had the audition, before I even knew what the song was, before I even knew what the show was. I walked into the room ready to go. Like, all right, I'm ready to go. What do you got? Throw it at me. You know, let's, let's get mm-hmm. it done. And then, you know, having the belief and the confidence that if I didn't know something, and this is a really important uh, point, Kim, that we'll talk about. If I didn't know something, having the confidence to say, I don't know this, but I believe in my ability to learn it. That's just uh, as confident, right? Yeah. That's just as confident as, as saying, oh my gosh, I don't know it. You know, being able to say, I don't know it, but I can learn it, that is 100% confidence.
0: hundred percent. And you know, really what that is, is vulnerability. And I think a lot of times people think that vulnerability is a weakness and that, that people will be perceived as not confident. And it's actually just the opposite. As If you are able to acknowledge it and say how you feel, and then also address it and say, but I'm willing to learn that that's empowerment to me, you know, that is how you gain that confidence. So to me, that is such a great first step. So, okay. But then going back to your story, so you mm-hmm. felt like you were a pretty confident person, both on stage and off. And then it's yes. just the, the fan, like it did with me. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then you're like, oh MG, I have to like, somehow get back to that girl. Right. What did you do? What steps did you take in order to gain that? confidence back or that empowerment that you talked about.
1: Okay, so let me be a little bit transparent from the beginning. Yeah. And say that because this, you know, shit hitting the fan didn't happen until my later years, right? So 30 years old, I was able to handle it a lot better as if um, you know, opposed to being a teenager or to being younger. And I think the thing that really helped me handle it was that I did have confidence leading up to that, okay? So where it gets difficult is when you're younger and you're a child and things start to bring you down, you know, a lack of confidence, bullying, you know, all these different situations that we can be in, um, maybe a lack of parenting that affect our confidence. And then if we don't deal with them and we get older and then something else happens, right? It just continues to chip away. Mm -hmm. But the thing that I had, again, transparently is that I didn't have any of that. So when this did happen, absolutely it hurt me. I mean, emotionally, I was shattered because I come from love and I didn't understand what was happening and I felt hurt by the words that were said to me. It really made me feel bad about myself, but it only happened. It only accumulated for a short while because of my confidence. I was able to say, wait a minute that's not true. I don't believe that, that that's your, those are your words. That's your story. That's not Mm -hmm. my story, you know, and because I've had 30 years of positive programming to tell you the truth, positive programming from my parents, positive, positive programming from my brothers, positive programming from myself, positive programming from the stuff that I watch, the stuff that I listen to, positive programming from my mentors. When that situation happened to me, I couldn't believe it. It like, it didn't make sense to me. I was like, no, I I don't, I don't think so. I don't think that that's accurate. So I, I will start by saying that that really makes a difference in someone's life is, you know, what, what kind of life or childhood did you have before you got into this situation? Because it can make an effect on you.
0: Yeah. And I can, I can hear a lot of listeners like just kind of reviewing their life as you're talking. Cause you're right. Like everybody has different experiences growing up. What would you tell people? Cause I know you work with a lot of youth, you know, if they don't have those positive programming growing up and they're kind of starting from ground zero if you will or maybe they've they've had some negative stuff mixed and sprinkled with the positive how how can you get over that like how can you gain that validation and positive programming to get to you know where you feel a little bit better Okay. That's a really great
1: question. I'm going to get a little research oriented on you if that's okay. <laughs> yeah.
0: I love it. Love it. People love it.
1: <laughs> okay. So the first, well, the first thing and, and everything that, you know, we, we always say this and talk about this is first just making the realization that something's got to change. Okay. Mm-hmm, first, mm-hmm. just being able to say, oh, man, I'm not showing up the way that I want to, or oftentimes I put myself down or I have negative thoughts or something's not right in my life and I want it to get better. That, that's just the first step right there is being able to even just identify that there needs to be a shift. Because if you can identify a shift change, then um, nothing is going to help, right? So you have to be able to, okay. to notice that first. That's the first thing. The second thing is being able to to say that you're going to do the work so now making a commitment to do the work because it is a skill that can be learned kim and i know you believe this too you know sometimes people say or think that confidence you're born with you are born with confidence absolutely and along the way it diminishes but you can rebuild it everybody anybody can rebuild the skill so making a commitment to build the skill but with self-acceptance okay and this is the This is the most important concept to understand because a lot of us start to do the inner work, but we judge ourselves while we do the inner work. That doesn't make any sense. It's like the whole point of doing the work is to work through the process and to try to build this muscle. And you have to do that with self-acceptance and allowing yourself to do the journey. If you don't allow yourself to go through the journey without judgment, you're doing the opposite of what you're intending it to do.
0: Oh my God. I love it. If you could just pause for a second, because it just reminded me of a call I literally had, it was over the weekend. To your point, this woman really had, okay, she had the first step, right? She had this awareness that she needed to change and she identified this strong desire to I mean, she told me her motivation level was at a 10. Okay. And she was like, I am so gung you know, I'm committed. <laughs> and she even said, I'm committed to the process, blah, blah, blah. Well, when I started, it you know, she there was this um, defense mechanism that I was kind of chipping away at because she's like, pretty much nothing's wrong with me. It's them a- attitude. And, you know, sometimes that, you know, when I hear that, it means that there's a defense against something, you know, that she kept like seeing things outside herself rather than really taking in what her piece was. Because again, I told her, well, we can't change these guys or where you live, but we can change things about you. And this is where the empowerment comes in. Right. Kind of chiseling away, chipping away. And you know, all of a sudden she starts crying and she's she's like, Oh my God, um, I I I need to take a moment. I I, I don't know if I'm ready for this. And it was at that moment that I realized that she hadn't accepted it. She was kind of like, you know, going over it. She was numbing out, kind of blaming everything else. She almost got to that point where she was ready. But she knew she couldn't work with me because she hadn't accepted it yet. And, and I think I just started kind of opening the door for her and loosening some of those you know, holes because she'd been in that cocoon. So I love that you said that. That's a good distinction because somebody can be committed and say out loud they're committed. But if they haven't accepted it and really like, dug deep, it's, it's not going to work
1: absolutely and and accepting that you're not going to be perfect it's you know yeah. when you're going on this journey and when you're going through this process of you know again going you know breaking some of those beliefs and rewriting new ones it's not going to be perfect so you have to go into this commitment with an acceptance and non-judgment again otherwise you're going to be doing the opposite effect of progress and you want to you need to allow yourself to progress with mistakes that's absolutely normal right um Mm -hmm. so that i mean i every time i talk about that i always think about have you ever seen that quote with the baby and there's the baby that's trying to walk and there's the parent that's helping them and then the quote says something along the line of you know a, a baby falls thousands of times nobody ever says that's okay don't walk just crawl right. your whole life. <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah. Basically, yeah. <laughs> it's exactly. like we allow the baby to fall and fall and fall until so we have to do the same things for ourselves.
0: Mhm. That's awesome. I love that. So really what you're talking about is you know, just first of all identifying that strong need to to change, yes. being committed saying that out loud, but then you have to do it with self-acceptance and yes. non-judgment so that you know, you're know you not going into this with you know, the perfectionistic kind of, right. which I love you said, because I actually, I did a whole podcast on that <laughs> talking yeah. about how, yeah, perfectionism is really just fear and it's right. an excuse to not move forward. So right. I love, Absolutely. I love that. Okay. So those are like incredible tips. What, um, well, yeah, go ahead. Do you have other like um, Yeah, tips? I just
1: wanted to say if you don't mind um that that's just like the beginning before you really jump into it.
0: Okay, good. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so then from there now we can start to do the work, okay? And I just want to touch a little bit, Kim, on emotional intelligence because- Yay. <laughs> Yeah, because confidence falls under emotional intelligence. So anybody that um, is aware or knows about emotional intelligence, you'll know what I'm saying. And for those of you that are just learning about it, that's great. I'll, I'll just do a quick rundown. There's four quadrants of emotional intelligence that were defined by Daniel Goleman. The first one is self-awareness. The second one is self-management okay the third one is social awareness and the fourth one is relationship management so relationship management is all about you know working within an organization conflict resolution coaching mentorship being able to influence people quadrant three is social awareness is being able to have empathy for others putting yourselves in other people's shoes of being able to see other perspectives um you know with other people The second one is self-management. That's obviously um, more self-explanatory, being able to manage yourself and your emotions. And the first one is self-awareness. Now, the first one, self-awareness, is needed. It's the top priority in order to hit quadrant two, quadrant three, and quadrant four. So if we don't have self-awareness, then we're not going to be able to influence people the way that we want to. We're not going to be able to have empathy for others. We're not going to be able to manage our own emotions. So the first one, self-awareness, is really the most important. And guess what's under the first quadrant? Confidence. So confidence Mm. is under the first quadrant, self-awareness. Now, what defines confidence? And I think this is really important to bring up. A lot of people think that like self-esteem and confidence are the same thing. And I love that you read the definition earlier in the intro, you know, self-esteem and confidence are completely different. So self-esteem is the thoughts that you have about yourself and the way that you feel about yourself. You know, what you think about yourself, the thoughts that you have about yourself, how much you like yourself. Okay. That's self-esteem. Confidence, like you mentioned early earlier, is the certainty you have in yourself when it comes to a skill, a person, a situation. So completely different. But self-esteem goes into confidence. So confidence is made up of two things, self-esteem, okay, mm-hmm. and resilience. Mm-hmm. So the ability to overcome challenges and adversity in your life over and over and over and over again. And when we, when we find that people have both resilience and self-esteem, then their confidence gets heightened to a new level. So when we talk about confidence, we really have to start with like the self-esteem category because if you don't have positive thoughts about yourself, well, how are you going to have certainty in yourself?
0: Which is why you all you need to buy a red dress. <laughs> <laughs> it, it matters. It matters when you are, you know, cause I love using clothes as a vehicle to help people raise their self-esteem because that does lead down the path of being more confident. It, it's just exactly, exactly what, um, you know, we've been talking about and you and I have had so many conversations about, so I love that. I love that you distinguish the two. Cause I think a lot of people use self-esteem and confidence interchangeably.
1: mm -hmm. But the thing is, is that, you know, that is the number, you know, emotional intelligence in general, confidence they've done so much research and so much study to show that mm-hmm. companies are not looking for IQ anymore. Like, yes, mm-hmm. they want to make sure that you have the technique or the skill. Obviously if you're going into the profession of the medical field, well, okay, we need you to have the skill, right? Like <laughs> we can't just say I'm <laughs> confident, right. but then not know how to do the surgery. So of course there's a couple fields that, that require something a little bit different, but the majority of industries today only 20% is based off of the IQ, which is the, the actual mm-hmm.
0: technique
1: skill. The other 80% is based off of your emotional intelligence. And Forbes just came out with a new article. Actually, it wasn't new. It was about a year ago that talked about the number one success factor that companies look for is not the technique, but it's the confidence that somebody has when they walk into the room, when they walk into the interview.
0: Yes. Yes. And and just to like put a button on it and why to me, this is so exciting. Like I always tell people IQ is harder to teach. I'm sorry. I can't teach somebody to be like, have a higher IQ. You probably can actually, I can't <laughs> um, being your educational background that you have. But I, what's exciting to me is that I feel like emotional intelligence is something that is something that people can learn no matter what age. And I see it with my clients. Like I've taught 80-year-olds to have a higher emotional indulgence, right? And Or 16-year-olds, it doesn't matter. And when people start speaking that language, oh my God, it, it makes such a difference in the connections they have with people. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So what, is there like a specific tip that you could give people to help them raise their emotional IQ and and walk towards that path of confidence?
1: Yeah. So we're going to start with the the first quadrant again, which is the self-esteem, because again, Mm -hmm. that's the overriding pillar. Um, The first thing is really just building the self-awareness of who you are as a person, meaning Mm -hmm. what kind of thoughts are you having? What are you watching? Because all of these things affect your thoughts. So what you're watching, what you're listening to, the people that you're surrounded by, they affect the talk that you have in your head. Okay. Ah, And the energy and the energy that you have within yourself as well. So the first thing that we need to do is really create that self-awareness. And I, I really encourage anybody that's listening to just do an inventory right now. Think about, okay, you know, how often are you on social media? How often are you on the phone? Um, if you watch TV, how many hours of TV do you watch and, um, what exactly are you watching? So this is all real simple stuff right now, right? We're not doing anything. We're not doing a deep dive yet. So just do the inventory of you. Okay, so again, social media, Facebook, how many hours are you on it? What are you you watching when you're on it? What are you doing when you're on it? Are you looking at other profiles? Are you comparing yourself? So take inventory of that. Then what are you doing in regards to television? Do you watch television? And we we include um, streaming too. So Netflix, any of that stuff. Mm -hmm. What are you watching? What is it? How often are you watching it? What are you listening to? Um, Whether it's podcast, radio, what kind of music, write all that stuff down. And then like, where do you spend the majority of your time? Do you spend it with your family? Do you spend it at work? And what's the energy of that? Okay, so let's just figure that out first to start with, because that'll help you understand maybe some of the thoughts or the energy that you're carrying with you. Okay, because there's Mm -hmm. osmosis everywhere we go, right? We rub off on people, what we listen to, all those things play into our energy and our thoughts. That's the first thing. The second thing then is now building a self-awareness of the thoughts that we have, okay? Whether they're negative or positive, building a self-awareness. So what I always like to start with is um, I always say, because everybody carries their phone with them, okay? So I always say, when you catch yourself having a negative thought, I want you to go into your phone and I just want you to put a little dash, okay? And then I want you to rewrite it with a positive, okay? So whatever your negative thought is that you catch, reword it with a positive okay that's the first thing so I want you to take like take note of all the dashes that you have now whenever you have a positive thought I want you to delete a dash so now at the end of the day we can see okay if I had 10,000 dashes today that means that I had over 10,000 negative thoughts about myself or about something okay then we hope that next day maybe it's 5,000 then the next week, maybe it's down to 1,000. So every time you have a positive thought, again, you're going to go in and delete a dash. So you're, count, you're doing the counter, right? The positive versus the negative. If you have a hard time doing this right now, because maybe it's subconscious for you. So you might have a negative thought, but you can't catch it. Then you want to have an accountability partner or mm. a buddy or a good friend or somebody that can say, hey, think about what you just said and say it again. Right, somebody that can call us out and say, I don't know if you know, but you just said something really negative. Some people need that in the beginning because they haven't built the skill of their own individual accountability yet. And then once other people can help us, then we can start to catch ourselves and say, oh my gosh, like, why did I even say that? Or why did I even think that? Or why did I put myself down? We can start to, to catch ourselves in the moment. So doing those dashes is a real, cause a lot of people are visual learners, Kim. Yeah. So we, see those, we can go in the phone and say, holy crap, my phone is full of dashes, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And we can start to erase those dashes and work on it. And once we start to work on it, then we can start rewriting kind of the programming that we have.
0: That is fantastic. I so, so love that, especially for people who haven't experienced a lot of positivity. This is a way to kind of create that and validate themselves too, and not rely necessarily on outside validation. It's brilliant. I absolutely love this too. I hope all of you wrote that down because that is, that was a great, Thank you for sharing. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, absolutely. I wanted to actually, because we almost have to end soon. My God, we could just, I'll have to have you back on because we have (laughs) too much to talk about. Um, One thing that you said at the end that was, I love the distinction. You said, I had confidence before, but when everything happened, then, you know, it was that empathy piece that really brought it home. So when you gain the confidence, it was almost more like authentic or, you know, Is that was that empathy part of the emotional intelligence that you're talking about that's so important?
1: Empathy is quadrant number 3. So mm-hmm. that's a quick question. So yeah. and that's the social awareness piece, right? So right. it's that piece of and I can honestly say that so Growing up, Quadrant 1 and Quadrant 2 were were something that I was programmed to do, right? Self-awareness and self-management. And I had a lot of positivity growing up. So 1 and 2 were great. But now when I do, like when I reflect back on myself, I can see that Quadrant 3, which was Empathy and quadrant four, which was um, like relationship management, like being able to conflict resolution, those kind of things, leadership. When I was younger, those weren't as strong for me because I did, again, because I couldn't relate, right? So I had a little bit of, I had more judgment for other people when I was younger than Mm -hmm. I had empathy. And then when it happened to me, then I was able to really start to build that quadrant three, which is empathy, which is now i understand how you feel so yeah. now instead of me saying oh my gosh you have the potential inside of you like everybody everybody can do it now i can say i completely know what you are going through and i know how it feels and yes i you know now i can actually mm-hmm. come from a place that resonates with the person more that resonates with with women more you know obviously because that's my my avatar and and with children like being able to say like, okay, I, I get it. I, and I really do get it. You know, you, you come from a different place.
0: You do. And I, I so relate to that. Cause I remember when I was practicing as a therapist, I mean, I was in my twenties and I thought I was the bomb, honestly. Like, I just like, oh yeah, I'm helping all these people, blah, blah. And I'm sure I did. I'm not <laughs> like discounting my skills and, but it wasn't until everything happened to me that I really got it. Like, I'm like, wow, all those times I gave advice to parents, just do this. I still had the right advice, but it wasn't until I was on the other side. I'm like, wow, now I feel what they were feeling. Exactly. And it's coming from such a different place. So all of you listening, you know, adversity are gifts in disguise, but you, oh, yeah. you know, it's it's looking back and you see what the gifts are and how it can help you and raise your confidence and empower you. It, 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 it can be so meaningful in your life and to look at this in a more positive way. Well, I'm super excited that I don't have to say goodbye to you because actually you have this like kick-ass conference coming up <laughs> that actually people could see us both live in action. Do you want to just uh, do a little plug Yeah, I'd I'd love to. Thanks so much, Kim. Um, Yeah, so
1: in Southern California, every year we do uh, a huge women's conference here in Southern California, specifically in Costa Mesa area. And it's November 3rd. It's a full day event. There's entertainment, uh, you know, because I come from the performing world. So we, you know, we got to spice it up with the energy. (laughs) It's so awesome. Yeah. (laughs) So we have singers, we have dancers. It's a full catered day um, with lunch and just really amazing women that are all coming together to elevate and rise up to the next level and really build the success in their life on that next that next pillar right so you know Mm -hmm. a lot of the people that are already coming like they they feel good they have great energy they're they're doing great things in the world but they're just ready to take that next step and i'm sure that a lot of you guys listening are probably in the same boat it's like okay where do i go from here so we have 10 speakers that are coming together All about leadership, building the confidence, really igniting the full potential and power within so that as women, we can show up at a 1000% and really make the mark and the change in the world that we can make. We only
0: do that when we start within. That's so awesome. And the conference is amazing. I've had you know the pleasure of seeing it last year too. So awesome. So yes, and do you want to just let people know where they can find you otherwise? Yeah, absolutely.
1: So you can go to riseupforyou.com completely spelled out. And there you'll find all the information about the conference. And then you'll you'll also get full access to podcasting, webinars, all of our resources that, that we have and all of the events. And you can also follow us on social media at riseupforu. It's the same across all channels. And Kim, I'd love to offer um, your, anybody that's listening a discount code. So RiseUp15, RiseUp15 will give you a discount off of the tickets for the event in two weeks if you're interested in coming. And we still have Early Bird right now too, so you can get an additional discount off of Early Bird.
0: Awesome. Well, so special having you on. <laughs> I loved this. this. is so great. Thank you. Anyway, this has been the Charisma Quotient. I'm your host, of course, Kim Seltzer. And remember, you can build confidence, make connections, and find love from the outside in. And make sure you go to my site, seltzerstyle.com for lots of goodies and ways that I can help you. And if you are wanting to practice being seen and heard and empower yourself with a fabulous group of women, make sure you join my Facebook private group. It's called the Love Makeover Insiders. Click the link you'll see here in the show description along with this fabulous conference and stay tuned until next week with more tips on how you feel and look fabulous every day.